Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. Passers wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts, is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. We are joined by a pretty amazing guy. Um, some might say that he's uh, he could be polarizing at times. There's a lot of people that love him, and I'm sure there's a few people that may not agree with his takes. Um, you can catch him every single day on Sportsnet 650. Um, you can catch him for the entire Christmas season on Hallmark and uh, potentially the W Channel on uh, you know on his namesake. And uh, a few years back. When those Oilers were very, very good, he had frosted tips, just like I once did, and I'm sure Ted did at some point. Oh, Andrew sure. Andrew Walker, welcome to the PP1 Podcast. How's it going? Good, fellas. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the lovely intro. It's great to great to meet you guys and great to join you. We uh, we only do intros well. Everything else pretty much goes downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, we had business yeah, on, and it. I had after I had that. instant. Uh, I well, I put it this way. I, I posted that I hadn't seen that video, the Hockey Night in Canada video, and the frosted tips for for literally twenty years, which is a long time. Makes me feel old, but I knew what I was getting into the second I posted. But it was too good not to post. So, well, oh, yeah. uh, when was the last the last run of, of frosted tips? I think that's what most people want to know. Well, so. Uh, if you read the Twitter thread on that, it was, it was funny because I was just a high school kid, actually a pretty quiet high school kid, um, not knowing what I wanted to do after school. I think I was enrolled in commerce at the University of Manitoba at the time, uh, and I didn't go through with that. But um, I saw kind of Kelly, Rudy, and Scott Oak behind the scenes, and and the next week uh, I ended up enrolling in broadcast school because I thought it was pretty cool after that, just that little brief glimpse into it. And then... Uh, and then you know Kelly and I end up being colleagues, which is kind of kind of weird uh, and and funny um, a, a long time later. Uh, but so suffice to say, when I went to school and then I got my first job in North Battleford, Saskatchewan, doing like news and sports, there was no frosted tips after that. <laughs> so as soon as as soon as we got into like the professional uh, zone, then there was no frosted tips. That's see, this is. 
this is why people listen to our show. You get the the hard hitting stories here. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's what, but what it was man. It's even I was shocked. I hadn't seen the video in twenty years, and I was like, oh my god. But you know, but but in high school man playing. At least it wasn't because um, uh, playing hockey in, in high school and stuff. It was either that or um, middle hockey season. It was I had like Jeff Spicoli like oh. long long blonde curly hair even in in grade 12 i haven't told a lot of people this in grade 12 my final year midget you wanted so you had hockey hair but you wanted it to be curly out of your helmet because that was cool right the girls like that yeah and mine was kind of too straight it wasn't wavy enough so in grade 12 i went and got a perm like at the salon (laughs) like but i didn't think that was i didn't think that was weird i was like well yeah i want my hair to be curly why not so i was sitting there with the with the thing on my head with the little old ladies like I, I didn't feel bad about it. Wow. It looked cool, but in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, that was maybe a little extreme. They're all, all your teammates are like, uh, Andrew, like th- these are natural. That <laughs> yeah. that that isn't. That, it's the permer. It's the it's it's the the full bleach on the playoff run, right? I mean, it's one yeah. of the yeah, exactly. And then right there's... To, to to give a little context here, I mean, they're gonna people are gonna be listening to this probably a little later, but we're actually picking up like you know rate right at the intermission of the, the Canucks game that's happening right now versus the Ottawa Senators. What do you make of this little run that we've been on? Uh, the Canucks have been on for the last couple of games versus, I mean, what we said sort of before recording was an expansion-y looking team in Ottawa. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of things. Um, I, I think that, you know, some people want to flex and be like, see, like everyone is too hard on the Canucks in the early going and, and, uh, you know, everyone overreacted, but I don't know if it was an overreaction, man. They were, they were really bad to start the year. And I don't think they're that bad, but they were playing really poorly. Like, um, we were all wondering what was wrong and what was wrong with Pedersen. And I don't think everything is perfect and everything's fixed, but, um, they got a bit of a, we'll say they got, they got a good break with the scheduling because, after that series against Montreal, like let's say, I don't know, let's say Toronto comes in here this week or Winnipeg comes in here this week. I don't think they're rattling off an easy three. Oh, sorry. Hang on. There you go. I don't think they're rattling off an easy three straight wins uh, and outscoring, you know, one of those teams, a hundred to a hundred to two. They really needed to get right week. So the scheduling is very fortunate that it was, that it was Ottawa. Um, so hopefully that what you're seeing is kind of real. And I think the big test is going to be, you know, the next few games on the road. Right. Do you think, but it's it's certainly, it's certainly better. And they're a young team. So, you know, you guys know confidence is just everything. So if they can build a little confidence, that's great. Do you think they're going to keep the hysteria at bay then based on this little run? Like, I mean, unless something just falls off the rails tonight, this is probably going to be a win. They're playing like they playing, like they're not going to give up the puck too often in this game. Um, Patterson's, looking lethal um the one off the post or the off the crossbar mm-hmm. there i think uh you know i think everyone in british columbia is wondering how he did not score that but uh, like is it is real I, I mean this is it is a talented team but is is this going to be enough to kind of keep everybody you know back with you know all the fire banning and apparently travis was in the talks i didn't catch that at some point but apparently a few people thought that he might be on the hot seat, which is ridiculous to think. But um. yeah, I think so. I mean, when you start, I mean, when you start two and five, uh, you know, people are gonna lash out in in all kinds of ways. And and the Travis stuff was a little silly, but when you don't have your your guy signed to a contract extension, you're in your lame duck year. I think it kind of comes to the territory. So I don't, you know, I I think Travis is the guy long term. I just think, uh, but yeah, I, I I think people were 
scrambling, they were reaching. And it was funny because even in the early going, um, the usual suspects that people like to hate on, like, you know, Sutter and bottom six and Myers, those guys were pretty good. Killing it. Right? It was, it was kind of like the guys that everybody loves that were really struggling, Hughes and Pedersen and, and JT Miller. So I, I think people were really scrambling to blame somebody and, and, you know, Benning falls under it and, and, uh, and yeah. And then green took some heat too. What do you make of, I mean, I think the other, the other big talking point has been this decor, right? I mean, uh, up until this game, I think we're still, I mean, you know, Vancouver still hemorrhaging shots against, I think I just saw a little stat. And I'm not sure this is correct because it just flashed through, but, but last in the league in shots against, um, still managing to eke out wins versus, I guess it's not an eke versus Ottawa, but I mean, do we have to, to continue to be worried about this, this decor or are they going to start to find their game now that we've gone through these games versus Ottawa? And, and what do you think about what's going on in like the, the, the bottom pairing where they're sort of rotating guys in like Chaufeld and, and Rafferty and Yolevi? Uh, is there one that you like there? I, I like Chatfield. I know the coaches like him too. Um, I've actually really liked his game you know, tonight so far through, through 20 minutes. I, I I like the D. Like it's not perfect. Um, they're good. They're still going to give up chances, and they're going to score a lot of goals. I think we know that about this team. But the D to me is objectively better than last year. But it's different and it's new. And so I, I guess in retrospect, like people are missing Chris Tanev, and I like Tanev, and you know they've obviously missed him in the early going. Um, obviously they have. But that doesn't mean just because they've missed him in the first ten games that I'm going to give him four years at, at 4.5 million. I'm just not going to do that. So, you know, Nate Schmidt's a, a, Nate Schmidt's a really good defenseman. We haven't seen the best from him, but I think Tyler Myers is playing the best he has as a Canuck. Queen Hughes has not been great, even though he's well over a point per game, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, he's, he's going to lead the, the league in scoring this year for defensemen. He, he, he bad, does right now. Yeah. And he had a bad start. Yeah. Um, isn't that crazy? Like what happens yeah. when he gets going? Exactly. Yeah, they're lethal. They'll score a lot of goals. So I do like the D. Um, you know, Edler's already a little banged up, which which kind of sucks. And and I think they need one guy to step up, whether that's you know Ben or Chatfield or or um, or Hamonic, who's now injured or whatever. But they just got one guy to outperform a little bit, and then everyone else get up to speed. And it's not going to be a perfect D, but I think hey, like this team with a with a worse D went to within a game of the conference final last year. So, so they're not, they're not perfect and they're, they're probably a really good defenseman away, but we're not going to see that this year. Mm -hmm. What do you think about, uh, you know, just to follow up to that, you just, you just mentioned Ben, but I mean, he goes from, from a healthy scratch to getting minutes and all of a sudden he's skating with Hughes. Now, what have you liked in his game? I, I, I think he's been pretty good. I'm, I'm frankly a little surprised. I, I thought that was, you know, you sign a guy to a, you know, two year, million and a half or $2 million deal. Um, I think we all liked that signing last summer and yeah. he just never got going for whatever reason. And it's not like it's a, it's a six by six or it's a Louis Erickson deal. You know, you can kind of be like, well, you know, I, I, I guess we got that one wrong. Um, we all would have signed him to that deal. Um, but yeah, he stepped in, but he's a, he's a pro. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised. Like pros have off years, pros have bad years, but he's looked pretty good. And and I, I think it's it's a little easier to look good when you're playing with Hughes too. But I think he's been I think he's been good. They need to play some minutes, play some penalty kill. He had a great block shot in that first period. Uh-huh. And saved, saved a goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they can, the top four is going to be you know the the big boys obviously that play a lot of minutes. But if they get something from those other guys, and I've liked Ben, 
Uh, and I've liked Chatfield. Obviously, Hamannick was no good to start. We'll see when he comes back if he can uh, find his game. And I'm I'm not a big Yulevi guy, um, but we'll see. He's young. Yeah, I think uh, the young guys are they've they've taken over as far as the hype has gone. This mostly this week because things have been going well this week. Welcome, yeah. to, welcome that's, to Canucks that's hockey. The, the tough thing, right? Everything is measured against. You know, this may be a great few games and it's and it's uh, but it's it's Ottawa. Right. So you want to be excited. But, you know, we got to see next week. Winnipeg Saturday, Montreal's Monday. Well, we'll you believe they've never won in Winnipeg. I heard that the other day. I didn't realize that was actually a true stat, but that's mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Not that they play a ton of games there, but they've never won in regulation in Winnipeg. It's nuts to me. They got to figure that out. I don't know. And maybe they just want to get out of Winnipeg every single time. <laughs> Can't blame them. Um, actually, they're just talking about it on, uh, you know, your your host network here. Uh, I was going to bring it up, though. Vertanen and Gaudette. This seems like, I mean, we talk about Vertanen, it seems like, every year. But now Gaudette's thrown into the mix, into uh, kind of the questionable period. It looks like they're now being interchanged for each other um, as a healthy scratch. What does this year look like for both of those guys? And do you think Benning or whoever happens to be the GM, all the fire Benning people, um, do you think that a move gets made on one of these guys? Well, with the the first caveat is it's difficult to make trades this oh, year. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think that in the normal year, you might see a couple of reactionary trades kind of thing. And I think this year is very difficult to do that, especially with, with bit players line a for Dubois was, was kind of a different kettle of fish. But um, if this was a normal year, I I think it's an evaluation year for sure. Um, But I think they, I think they made a mistake um, re-upping Jake. I I think it's a bit of a loyalty to a, um, you know, a a high draft pick, which feeling, you know, you're kind of pot committed. Um, I I think it was a mistake. I, I think I'm not, you know, I'm not a Jake hater. It just, he is what it is. Like in no other market, like we're not freaking out about a third line player. He, that has one goal in nine games. It's just, that's what he did. And he was the same in the playoffs. And I, I said this on the show today. I thought that Benning, the like GMs are usually pretty careful what they say. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought Benning made a mistake after the playoffs saying like, Hey, we think Jake can be Alex Tuck. It's like, ah, oh, don't like, don't even, in your dreams, so much pressure there. Yeah. In your dreams, he's going to be Alex Tuck. We all know it. Um, so yeah, I'm. He's he's just a guy. I I don't even think he's underperforming, and that's the thing. It was like, oh, like Jake has all this potential. It's like he's got some tools, but he is what it is. Um, now I I I like I like Godet. There's something there. I think we all see it. He's got some finishing ability. He's got some flash. Um, but it, it it's weird to evaluate a player on a team where, you know, you're winning 25 games a year and you're like, Hey, give the kids a chance and let them score and let them skate, let them play. But this team expects to win games and you have a legit top six and God, a bit of a tweener, right? Like there's been a lot of players in the NHL that are, that, you know, we really like, but they're, they're tweeners and it's tough to find them on a, on a, on a real good team. Now, now a guy like God or Jake could go to, a bad team. Like they'd be getting tons of minutes with the Ottawa senators and maybe score a bunch of goals. It doesn't necessarily mean they're better players. Right. I think, I think they're, I think they're tweeners on this team and it's a tough spot to be. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP one podcast on crier media. 
If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? So that being said, being that it is the the bubble year, COVID year, whatever you want to call it, if they're kind of on you know shaky ground anyway, and you're saying they're a tweener, like would this not be the year where you can afford to say, you know what, we kind of know what we have with almost everybody else. Could we afford to be without a guy while the new guy that we trade for is you know quarantining for two weeks? We can get away with maybe rifling in or slotting in somebody else for the time being, and then when that new guy is ready, we can bump him in. I mean, look at basically what happened with JT Miller and Ben. It sucked, but they made it work. I mean, barely, but they were able to yeah. at least slot in a couple other players for the time being, and then eventually they were able to come back. So I, I, I see that as a spot where maybe they can experiment a bit and make a move in a year where maybe people aren't expecting moves to be made. Yeah, I, I, I just think I just think it's tough. Um, I don't think you're going to see many minor transactions. And I get I get your line of of thinking, and I definitely think both those guys are the epitome of trade bait. I just don't think there's a lot of teams willing to make a move, especially with that expansion draft coming. Yeah, um, you could easily see maybe one of those guys um, go to Seattle as as, as well. Um, so. Yeah, I, I get your way of thinking. Uh, those guys are definitely trade bait. I don't think that the teams are looking to swap third liners, honestly. Maybe that's how Vertanen becomes the next Alex Tuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going to the expansion yeah, team. No, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, sure. Wouldn't that be? Yeah, awful? I mean, there's. A, I mean, it's, you're right. This is a weird year. People aren't making. You know, GMs aren't making these smaller, smaller trades, and 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 maybe it's just a matter of you, guys. It's a known quantity for a guy like a Vertanen or a Gaudette. And so maybe that's the, the feeling that they need all their horses because they don't know what's going to go on this season. You see teams like Pittsburgh. I mean, that decor is rattled right now. Kevin, what do you say? Ke- Kevin Zeusman or whatever, suiting up after seven years out of the NHL. I mean, stuff like that is happening. Now, are we going to start to see that type of stuff go on? Or are we going to start to see GNs start to bite the bullet and make trades? Yeah, again, I, I, I think, and it's funny because the line Andy Dubois thing really set it up and it's yeah. very NBA. We're like, here we go. I, I just don't think we're going to see very many trades because already like the season just started and we're 10 games in to 56, uh, right? So we're like, we're basically almost at the trade deadline already. It, it, it feels like, um, and everyone's trying to save money. We saw this summer, you know, I think people were on Benning. Why don't, why don't, why do you do this? Why don't you do that? Um, I think there's a lot of things he wanted to do and he put himself in a tough situation uh, anyway. I think we know that, but then the pandemic hit and then even your way to kind of finesse your way out of it was, was kind of slammed shut too. So I think, I think there's a lot of teams where they say, Hey, our team is our team this year. Like, and that's what it is. And, you know, we're not going to get booed off the ice if things go poorly because there's no fans in the stands we're not worried about selling tickets because there's no fans in the stands anyways. We want to make the playoffs, but if something goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. Hopefully we can all start fresh again in, in 2022. Now, I know that's not what the Canucks want, uh, but that I think that's looming for all these teams. It's, it is what it is. I mean, the most famous quote in this in this province, yeah. it seems like. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many situations where we would all like to see, you know, the the silver lining on it and i think it's frustrating because there's been so much 
there's been so many, you know, signings or or deals that, you know, they just they feel toxic and yet to get out of them this season, like it's just not a good year. And yeah, does, and it doesn't matter how you I look know at you it. You got to sign Pedersen and Hughes, but you got 23 million coming off the books. Yeah. Um, you know, this year plus the likely Furland ITR. But to get back to Vertan and Goddard, I would um I mean, yes, I would I would trade Vertan and if the opportunity came up, I would have traded him in the offseason. I would not have re signed him. I would have taken that money and done something better with it. And uh, Goddard, I think there's some time there because I think we all see the upside to Goddard, but this team's in a position where, and even this year, trade deadline, if, if you had the opportunity um, to help your team and, and add to it, like I'm not sweating giving up Goddard. It's crazy. We're, to, we're having trade deadline talks and we haven't even... We haven't even spoken about goaltending controversy yet. So I feel like the season is already super weird. And I'm having a hard time with it. It is weird. That's for sure. So we'll, uh, we, we all want to get back to this game, you know, because Ottawa is definitely a premier team in this NHL. <laughs> um, we've got a little segment that I'm sure you've, you've listened to, you know, pretty much every day after work. All the shows, yeah. It's, uh, it is a staple in the podcast world. It's called Dudes and Guys. And okay. uh, so basically... I'm going to leave this to you, Ted. You're the one that came up with this when we all began, and you say it the best, so I'll let you run with it quickly. I mean, so it's exactly what it sounds like, and maybe we'll just take this past week, but if, you, if you're if you going to name a dude, it's the guy who's really stepped up above and beyond. He's acted like an absolute dude on the ice, and then a guy is just a guy. He's been skating around. His game is just meh. Like, I haven't really noticed him, but he's not been terrible. Maybe he has been terrible. So um, we'll just do a quick little segment of that. So if you had a, a, a dude and a guy for this past week for the Vancouver Canucks, who would they be? A dude and a guy from this past week. Um, the dude is is Demko. Demko looked like uh, bubble Demko against Vegas. And I know he's 7-1 and 5-1. But if you were, I don't know, if, if you didn't watch the game uh, Wednesday night, the 5-1 game, and you just looked at the box score and you're like, oh, yeah, 5-1, row, they took care of business. That first period, I mean, Demko made 23 saves. It was uh, it was a little silly. Imagine if, if they had gotten average goaltending in that first period. So Demko was the dude, and I think uh, he quieted down the, the Markstrom talk a little bit. Like, yeah, listen, they miss Markstrom. We all, we all knew they were going to miss Markstrom in the short term. But Demko already kind of gave us a glimpse of why you could never go six by six with Markstrom because you got that guy and you were going to give him to Seattle or whatever it was. Mm-hmm, exactly. And the the guy, um, all right, this is a little uh, this is a little hot takey because he had such a he had we such, like hot you know, takes. Like, we like hot got, takes. Listen, he got off the Schneid the other night, but but JT Miller, uh, wow, uh, JT Miller has been average, and I know he had a slow start. And he had two goals, but that was after a nightmare first period the other night. And he is getting his game together. He will get his game together. But him and him and Pedersen have just been guys, and it's the biggest reason why the, the Canucks were two and five heading into this week. Maybe they need to watch their mouths too. They apparently did that two goal too many come after the F bombs or did it become before the F bombs? The well, the first no, the first F bomb was in the seven one win where those guys didn't score. And I think that was a bad look because they <laughs> They won by six goals, and those guys were still pissy, right? Yeah. Um, like, my mom watches sure. these games, too. So, Sorry? <laughs> my mom watches these games, too. So, you guys... You yeah, think of, the, think of the children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She doesn't listen to the podcast, though. <laughs> so not at all, game. ever. So. <laughs> so, Good job, Ryan. Good job, bud. So, so Patterson and Mill. I like that. That's yeah. 
that's why this segment is so popular because you can't just go with i mean occasionally we do oh we missed the goal yeah. Oh, guess who? Lotto line again. They're there back. They're, They're all back. back. They oh, heard the guys. Broccoli. They heard the guys in youth segment. The, the prince. The prince has returned. Yeah. So, oh, Andrew, man. as we wrap this thing up, uh, you know what's going on with you? Tell us a little bit what, what's what's happened the next little bit here. What you got planned on the horizon? It's kind of shameless plug time, so we'd like you to hit it if you could. Yeah, I mean, it's been you guys know it's been an interesting year. You know, Sat and I were doing the the playoff run, and then uh, we were in studio for that. And then since then, it was home and have barely left home. It's been it's been weird. So I'm um, still doing the show four to seven uh, Sportsnet six fifty, home of the Canucks. It's Sat and I and Bick Nazar. We have a lot of, we have a lot of fun. Uh, I'd encourage people to to give us a listen. And then it's uh, game nights most of the time. It's it's Sat and I, but we're glad to have hockey back. This all Canadian division is just content gold right now, and they haven't even played every team, right? We haven't even seen the the Leafs or the or the Jets yet. Um, so that'll so that'll be fun, and can't wait till they get their game in shape and they look like they're coming around because I, because I, I think that Calgary is going to take up a lot of a lot of space. They need to get a little revenge on Markstrom and Kachuk and those guys. So um, otherwise, yeah, I'm Andrew Walker six fifty on. Twitter for all the, the takes that people get mad at and uh, and otherwise yeah I, I'm I'm just uh, I'm hoping the COVID ends so we can all get out and do a round of golf with you boys in Kelowna and something like that yeah we'd love to have you we're gonna have a week long of golf with all these people coming it's gonna be great <laughs> I love it I didn't but I didn't know Shay Weber was hosting the podcast by the way you ever get that <laughs> never actually <laughs> you never know I've it, we can make it work. We can maybe I'll chip in with something. I don't know. Um, one thing that you need to let everybody in Vancouver know: next NFL season, the guy to my left on the screen is a massive Browns fan, and we had sat on a while back. So um, there are a few legit Browns fans out there, and I've only I've known one for quite a long time. So yeah, now I know. Now I know three yeah jack michaels is the play-by-play voice of the oilers and he's a big browns no fan. way yeah but he's from cleveland so oh okay or no he's from he's from pittsburgh which makes oh. it even crazy. that's even better i love yeah. that even more yeah, yeah. there yeah. you go that, so- was, that was a tough one though i i did i was texting sad during the the divisional game um that like i, I at the one point when mahomes went out they get the ball back i was like man like the browns could actually win it was disappointing yeah. they didn't. We, uh, I mean, they blew a they blew a tremendous chance. I mean, there was a lot of weird things that happened in that game for sure. Um, some crazy rules that we hope never come back. Obviously, I'm heard. I'm sure Sats yacked your ear off about it before, but um, yeah, there was a there was a fighting chance there, but it was a, a lot of success that year. This year, so it was something to be happy about. Whereas former years, you're just cheering for touchdowns. So yeah, well, I'm a I'm a Lions fan, and so we got get it. now Stafford's being traded, and it's full rebuild, man. We're gonna it's gonna be a tough couple of years, I think. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of the NFL. You never know what's going to happen. So, Mr. Andrew Walker, thank you so much for coming Anytime, on. Anytime, fellas. And uh, keep your stick on the ice. Enjoy those frosted tips. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, that was you great. Bet, guys. Thank Anytime. You. Enjoy the game. Will do. Yeah, you too. Take care. All right. See you later. See ya. It's your boy, Josh Elijah here, co-host of the Down by Two podcast and DB2 Bets, which now drops every Friday. We wanted to break off a piece of that weekend action, so we decided to move our show over to Fridays. Now you might be asking yourself, what in the hell is even DB2Bets? What the hell is even that? Well, DB2Bets is our sports betting show that is powered by Betstamp. 
We use the BetStamp app to find the best odds available across all different sports books. And be sure to tune in every Friday and follow along with our picks. Or don't use our picks. Do the opposite. It's your life. Make your own decisions. Just make sure you line shop and please gamble responsibly. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.